are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Hey folks, Steve Angel here, and this week's episode is sponsored by both Bond and Nick's good friends, David and Tracy Belowski at St. Joe River Bows. Now, if you're thinking about a custom longbow or recurve, you owe it to yourself to check out St. Joe River Bows. David and Tracy have been making bows at St. Joe since 2009, where they started out making the St. Joe River Bows Classic model in both longbows and recurves. And then in 2010, they premiered their Torrent Recurve model. Now, often copied but never duplicated, this sweet little bow is offered in a 54 and 56 inch versions, and its smooth draw and snappy performance make it the perfect bow for hunting from a tree stand or a ground blind. And if you're more of a longbow shooter like I am, well, they also make a torrent version in a longbow, which just so happens to be the bow my wife shoots today. Now, myself, I prefer the classic longbow, but all of their bows are amazing shooters, and all are available in numerous grip sizes and types to fit every shooter. If you're not sure exactly what you want, Tracy is more than happy to work with you to figure out which style fits you best. And don't forget about their kid and youth models that come with St. Joe's amazing trade-up program so that as your child grows, they can trade in their current bow towards a newer bow that better fits their needs. And for listeners of the Traditional Outdoors podcast, David and Tracy will still throw in a free St. Joe River Bows t-shirt with any new bow purchase. So when you call them up, be sure to tell them that you heard about them on the Traditional Outdoors podcast. Now let's get on to this week's episode. Mr. Nick View, what's going on, buddy? You know, this and that, we're uh, we're well into the uh, the 3D season at this point, and lots of stuff going on. Um, dog days of summer right now, real hot. In fact, we got a storm coming tonight. It's supposed to be like, I don't know. Every time I talk to somebody, it starts out at 50 mile per hour winds, and then at 60, it's up to 80 right now. Depending on who you talk to, we're supposed to get it tonight. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so Jess had me outside trying to. Uh, to jam the hammocks underneath the trampoline to anchor it down and all kinds of crazy stuff. So well, hopefully we don't get it that bad, but has she made you get rid of the yellow jackets yet? Oh, we got rid of the yellow jacket. Well, actually she, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> she just made, you didn't it... burn the house down. Did you? No. She said, <laughs> I just looked at the yellow. We hit that thing three times. She said, you know, I, I think she said, I think there's only eggs left in there and I think we need to go destroy it. And I was like, meaning I need to go destroy it. And she's like, yeah, well, whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, so she jumped in the shower and she's like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to go take care of this thing. So I walk outside and, you know, I didn't bring anything with me. So I kind of just like ripped the nest down from the corner and like tossed it. And like right. seven angry yellow jackets came out and chased me. So I just ran into the house. <laughs> they're 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 nasty i mean yeah they are uh, these are yellow jackets too these are not paper wasps there's no way there's no way they're too big they look just like yellow jackets there's no way that these are paper wasps but well and the size i think the size are about the same but the the attitude if they were if they were chasing you and doing stuff like that and and after i saw the nest i'm I was ninety nine percent sure they were they were yellow jackets and it's it's funny that they attach to your house um it's been about a month now but we had a lot of really heavy rain over the course of a couple of weeks and uh well it was it was father's day weekend i know exactly which weekend it was because my daughter my middle daughter and her husband came down for well to see Lori, um to see me for father's day and Mm -hmm. and and shared a little bit of news i don't know if they would want me to talk about that much so i won't but shared a little bit of news with us i mean we went in and out the front door I don't know, uh, half a dozen, dozen times over the course of, you know, a couple of days and, you know, it continued to rain. And I went out there like, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday to get the mail. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking back in the house, the, the little porch lights that I have on the front porch, um, the, the guy who built his house just, uh, he didn't know what the hell he was doing, but anyway, (laughs) the, the little, um, vinyl, base plate has never fit on the one on the on the left hand side when you're walking in the oh, front door. Okay. And I saw something fly out and I was like, no. And I oh. sat there and watched it and then all of a sudden zip zip you know and they were just zipping in and out and they'd they basically I guess they had you know got drowned out of the ground and had built this nest in the house over the course of a day or two. Wow. Um so, you know, I went that night and got the spray and 
of course, I couldn't spray into the walls of the house. That was the problem. Mm-hmm. But I just coated this thing. And, and that night, you know, and the next day, I had a few flyers, and I got up there and zapped those. And I watched it for a day or two, and no yellow jackets. And then, lo and behold, like three days later, I come in and get in the mail again, and there's more yellow jackets. And they, it was the larva, like you're talking about. I couldn't soak the nest, and the larvae were still hatching. So it took about a week and a half to finally get all the devils out of that thing because I wasn't going to go pulling the, the siding off of the house to try to get in there for two reasons. One, I didn't want to tear up the siding. Two, I didn't want to get stung. But, uh, yeah, they're, 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 I hate those things. It's one of the few, most, you know, most insects, you've been around me long enough to know, most, <laughs> most critters in general don't bother me. I will, I will hunt down a yellow jacket's nest. I will, I'll scorched earth on them. I mean, just, I have no love for those things. Um, well, the, fir- the first time I'd ever been stung by those, I was working on grounds at Grand Valley when I was a student and um, I was mowing and I actually, I actually, that my that was probably mud wasps or something. I don't know. That's what they told me it was, but I, I mowed over a, <clears throat> or brush hogged over a nest and got stung about 30 times. It, it was it, yellow jackets. Probably yellow, yellow jackets. jackets. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't even get the mower out of there fast enough. Like by the time I got, I ran away from the mower, I, I was already hit all over. And then I, um, this a day later I was pulling vines off one of the buildings. We always get these vines on these stone buildings, you know, it's university. It's like this Ivy. Uh, so I was pulling it down and one came out of the brick and stung me right in the forehead. And I ran, I, I got hopped in the cart and drove all the way back to the shop. And I'm like, I want every can of Hornet spray that you have. And I went out and I they had that thirty foot foam spray stuff and I just went out and nuked every they were making nests in the um in the base of the light poles. Those right, metal yep. bases. And you'd see them swarming there. And I'm like, well, they're in all the parking lots. We better get them out of there. So, you know, we did that. But yeah, the I the irony of all this, Steve, is that I didn't get stung one time with these hornets outside. I went to campus yesterday and I was walking to go get coffee. And I walked under this one tree and I got stung right in the middle of my back. <laughs> so I didn't get stung here. It followed you. Yeah, it probably hung onto my clothes and got me through my polo shirt when I got there. It was just waiting to give me the double tap. But uh, Yeah, you're just talking about the mowing. Last, last yellow jacket story, folks. But it's still to this day, if um, I can walk up to my, my father and make a gesture and he'll, he'll know just what I'm talking about. Something that happened 30 plus years ago. I, I've said this many times. I I grew up on a farm, and and he was actually on. We had a little at that time. We had a little one thirty five Massey Ferguson. It, not a very big tractor, and he was he was pulling a disc harrow behind it and cut into a yellow jacket's nest. And those things started eating him up. I mean, the tractor didn't go that fast to begin with, <laughs> and and he panicked. And he tried to grab another gear and hit, you know, just pulled the, the throttle all the way back and the black smoke's rolling out of this thing and it's creeping along the ground. And me and my brother sitting there watching him and we're yelling, pick it up, pick it up. Because he still had the, the disc air was still on the ground and he, he had his, he, he had taken, he always wears a, like a ball cap. Yeah. And he had taken, he was taking his ball cap off and trying to rake these things off his face because they were just, it was. Oh, you know, you, no. If you, if you look at him today and make a, gesture like you're raking something off your face with your cap he'll give you the most evil look because to this day he knows exactly what you're talking about but yeah those things are those things are nasty every time you tell every time time you tell me a story about the farm i just it's hilarious to me i'm just i'm just trying to picture this out trying to outrun these yellow jackets on a slow tractor (laughs) well if you ever go up there i've told you the story about well i've told you a couple of stories about my brother the yeah those uh, are chicken my, fried chicken fried sneakers and the those are my favorite the, the I, I kid you not if you ever get to go up there maybe one day we'll go up there and, and we'll do some hunting up there or something but if you ever get to go up there and you meet my brother all you got to do is look at him and go right there's where it happened and he will he'll give me the most evil look you've ever seen but that's another story for another day you were talking about the um your 3d season hours our last shoot of the season is next Saturday. So, you know, we're going to be gone. Our, our deer season opens up in just a little over a month. 
So, yeah, actually, uh, I know you guys have got some. You guys have got a few shoots going on. You just had one, right? We did. We uh, we just had the. Well, there was a there was two on that weekend. There was the Michigan traditional bow hunter shoot in Lanesburg, and then there was the um, Barrington shoot at Barrington Conservation Club or Barrington Sports Club. I can't remember what it is. Uh, and Doug Jackson puts that one on, and that that's a real family oriented shoot. I mean, they all kind of they all are, but. Uh, Doug in particular, you know, he keeps this, it's, it's pretty much all families. It's, uh, it's not a really big shoot, but you know, 30 bucks and they feed you three meals a day. I mean, you have all you can eat soup on Friday. I mean, all you can, you know, there's just a bunch of different kinds of soup. And then, you know, the next day you got, they make you breakfast and there's everything you can think of out there. And then they have a chicken and pig roast. And then they have, you know, last, the last day is kind of like hodgepodge, you know, whatever's left over. And, um, there's not really, what I like about the shoot the most is that there's no agenda. Like you get there and you can do what, I mean, there's, there's nothing to do. I mean, it's just, you get there and there's, you can throw tomahawks or whatever, or you can shoot and you just hang out. And my dad tagged along with us and, uh, Bob Bones was there and a couple other people, uh, Caroline and Bub, um, a bunch of people, just a lot of the MLA people were there and, and the usuals that go to Barrington every year. And I hadn't camped in like two years there. And, uh, we just hung out at the camper and shot and walked around and talked. I talked to Doug quite a bit and, uh, it was just a great weekend. The only thing that happened that kind of sucked is I had my, uh, we bought my, my pop-up. It's a Jayco J series. We bought my pop-up um, in, with one corner, one of the corner, um, cables was not working. So you have to lift that corner up while somebody cranks it. And I was lucky to get it because you couldn't get a camper a couple of years ago. Like it will now it's even worse. Um, they were gone on Craigslist sight unseen. So I got this, I got this camper. I saved some money cause that wasn't working. Never did get it repaired. And I was lifting up the one side and, and Jess and my dad were trying to lift the, uh, my dad was trying to lift the other side up while Jess cranked it. And my dad's shorter than me. So, you know, he, he was trying to keep it level and then it just put too much strain on the other side and that cable snapped. So two of the, two of the the same or one cable, the, both of the front cables snapped and the whole, the whole top of the camper fell back down except for the back, the back stayed up. So now I got two broken cables and I can't get anybody to fix it quick enough for GLLI, which is coming up in on August 12th. So I pretty much SOL there. I'm going to have to have the boys help me put that up and fix it afterwards, but you can't get in anywhere. Everybody's three, four weeks backed up here to fix it, to fix a pop-up. So other wow. than, other than that, it was a really good shoot. Um, Aubrey got to try her new St. Joe. She shot really good with it. My dad worked with them. You know, you can't, I can't coach my daughters to do anything, but you know, somebody else has to do it. I remember you telling me a similar story about that. Um, yeah. Still with, an article out on simply traditional about that very yeah, thing with the, with a soccer coach syndrome. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. Well, they, uh, they feel like I'm patronizing them or something. So they, and I just get angry. So my dad worked with them all weekend and had them shoot them pretty good by the time we left. So my dad got his grandpa time, which was, which was really cool. And I guess you're right, Steve, this season's just about over because we got G, we got, um, Elm Hall's next weekend. Um, and then GLLI is the weekend after then Lapeer's the weekend after that. And that's the last shoot of the year. So, yeah, well, we've got the, you know, they've had, they have, we have a shoot every month outside of hunting season mm-hmm. and, and TBG has several shoots, but I haven't just with everything going on. I haven't, I haven't made any of the local shoots, much less the, uh, the TBG, TBG shoots, but I am, uh, I'm definitely planning on making the one next Saturday, you know, bar anything, um, going squirrely or, or going sideways. I, I do plan on making that one. In fact, you know, I'm a couple of weeks ago when we were recording, I, I told you I had, uh, I hadn't shot any since the, the last of, uh, March and came down here and strung up my, my, my faithful Pacific U 64 inch bow and went outside and I'm probably shot, I don't know, 15, 20 times. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I was struggling to, 
to after about the first five or six errors, I found myself struggling a little bit to to hit anchor and and then for the next week or so, I paid for it because you know well, it's just the way I shoot. I mean, I, I shoot with a lot of back tension and mm-hmm. between my shoulder blades, it felt like somebody'd hit me with a ball peen hammer for about four days, and oh. then that finally got better, and then it would creep back and so anyway, I I I. I actually didn't shoot again for probably another week or so. And then uh, I said, you know what, this is, I've had enough of this. I'm getting out shooting. And if it, you know, I just, I'm going to work through the, I'm going to work through the the soreness. So I went down to the lightest bow I've got uh, and started shooting that one, which is, it's another Pacific U. It's, uh, I kind of call it Mr. Hinky, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, uh, I got out and shot it for a couple of afternoons. It's about 57, I think is what it is. And, then I picked up the recurve that I hunted with most of last year and shot it for a few days. And then I thought, you know, if I get a chance to hunt this fall, which is really up in the air right now, and, you know, I'm okay with that. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. uh, if I get a chance to hunt this fall, what do I want to hunt with? Because I figured I was at a point where it, you know, I, I've, I've been away from it so long, it really isn't going to, it's not like I'm going to, you know, go back to shooting an old friend. I'm gonna have to work. You know, get familiar with anything I'm gonna hunt with. And uh, Greg Coffee's bow, that American that I got from him, he named it Sumatra. Uh, was was leaning up next to my gun safe, and I said, you know what, that thing needs to it needs to get some some tree time. So I strung it up, and grabbed the grabbed the arrows that I was actually using last you know the last few seasons, and went outside and shooting it really good. I mean, I can definitely shoot it better, but I, for, for the lack of, lack of time I spent with a bow this, this summer, mm-hmm. um, I was shooting it pretty good and I've gotten to where now you've seen how I, how I like to target shoot. I just kind of fling arrows all through the yard and then walk to them and turn and shoot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yesterday I shot for a little while yesterday afternoon and the last, the last six arrows, that's what I did. I just, tossed them all you know pretty much in line but at different ranges all up through the yard all the way up to the corner of my house which is about it's about 28 yards um and i by the time i went to pull i could get i could get my hand around all of the errors in the target so i said you know what i think that's this is going to work out pretty good for me so i told greg coffee messaged me on facebook one day this week and i said you must have you must have got a a uh I forget what I told him now. It was something like a, uh, extra sensory perception or something <laughs> that that bow was talking to you because I hadn't, <laughs> I haven't been shooting anything and I picked that bow up this week. Then here you are. And I haven't heard from, well, I don't hear from anybody on Facebook. Most people just don't, don't message me cause I'm not on there much anymore. But, uh, but anyway, so I'm going to shoot that. I'm going to shoot that bow this weekend. It's a, that's a 66 inch bow. Nice. Um, and it's a it's a hill style. Most most people don't know Greg makes that bow, but he 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 calls it the uh, the American, and it's a it's a very sweet shooting bow. It's a, a little bit different. It's got a it's got a bit of uh, it's just a very slight amount of reflex in the tips. In fact, you can't even see it unless the bow's unstrung. And then it's not a lot, but the bow also has a bit of string follow to it. It's a it's a it's a very odd combination, but it shoots really well. Yeah, and you got a you got a pretty beefy handle on that thing, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean it's a it's a standard hill style grip, so it's a straight grip, and it's um, I guess you a lot of people would call it beefy. It's actually what I like. It's almost identical to the um, to the Northern Mists I have, to the Kramer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the size of the Kramer that I've got, although the Kramer's got a slight dish grip to it, but. Most of those bows have pretty beefy grips, and this one's right in line with it. I actually got to—I actually got to check that bow out. I think I was there when you got that bow, wasn't I? I don't know if you were here when I got it, but you've—you've you've definitely been here since I got it. Yeah, did um, I see that at Compton? Oh, anyway, I don't know. I can't. No, remember. I don't think. I don't think so. I didn't bring it to Compton. I, I know I've—I've I've seen it. I know I've I didn't. Seen it. I don't think I had it when I was the last time I was at Compton. So you must—you had to have seen it here. Sumatra's a great name for a longbow too. Well, I, I figured, uh, it, and it was just because I, uh, the my my preferred coffee is is dark Sumatra coffee. And oh when, yeah, that's that's when, it. When when Greg made this bow, I actually he asked me what I wanted, and I I 
kind of told him, I said, I'll let you pick the woods, but I want it to be a, you know, brown glass. I want it to have a bit of a, a, a retro look or old school look to it. And, and, uh, anyway, that's what he came up with. And while he was, when he was finishing, showing me the first pictures and I saw that chocolate, you know, dark chocolate color glass. I said, yeah, we got to name that both Sumatra. That's awesome. So I do think, I do find it a little ironic that you just used the term old school longbow. I wanted my I wanted my longbow made old school. That's that's well, weird. I, it just sounded funny to me. I don't know. Well, but if you go back and look at a lot of those old bows, you had the old you know the old vintage green glass, and mm-hmm. and you didn't have many black uh, fiberglass. Nope. They were most of them. Were, well, like, look at your like your um, like the John Schultz mm-hmm. that uh, that I loaned you. <laughs> yeah, you're getting that. You're getting that back. <laughs> I, ain't I saw it. one sale today on Facebook for nine hundred bucks. I saw so. that, and I and I thought the same thing you did because I was right now because I'm like I got to get that back to Steve. I'm like I'm not shooting it, and I don't shoot you, enough. You got to kill something with it. I know, I do, I really do. Um, but yeah, it's not like you don't have bows to shoot. But yeah, that's going. That's your bow. I just have it. I got a couple. You do got a couple. You do got a couple. Um. And I and I've I've taken that bow out several times with the intention of shooting something with it. It just never, never seemed to happen. But well, you just gotta you gotta make a you gotta make a point that that's all you're gonna hunt with. I mean, it's it's really kind of mm-hmm. silly that that bow that uh, Mister Beecher Duvall gave me the two piece takedown that I've been hunting with now for I've lost count of the seasons, quite a few seasons. Uh, I've I've I probably have killed more critters with that bow than with any other single bow i have i mean i've I've definitely killed a lot of animals with other bows but that thing has knocked down some animals but it's really just because that's all i've hunted with for several years up until um last year you know i didn't get to hunt much last year and i I ended up picking up a a recurve, and I can't even for the life of me tell you now why I ended up picking up a recurve to hunt with last year. It was something that just because I I wasn't getting to get out much and I wasn't getting to shoot much, it just, um, I felt like if it was, you know, inside of 15 yards, I just didn't even have to think about it. All I do is, you know, grip it and rip it, and that was pretty much why I started carrying that that old Savoir takedown recurve. And it, you know, the one shot I got, I, I, you know, I brought a buck home, so mm-hmm. can't complain. But that that Pacific U will get a lot more action. But I think this year is going to be the year of Sumatra. That's awesome. I'm I'm was going back and forth. I actually shot really poorly, uh, Barryton weekend. Um, I hadn't shot enough. I was way. I kept going back and forth between Phoenix, which is my Saint Joe takedown, which is a it's a lot of wood in there, and the and the metal hinge and all that. It's a it's a heavy in the hand bow, and. Uh, and then my new Dave Darling bow, which is, I mean, it it's, feels like a samurai sword in your hand. It's really thin and uh, really sleek, um, quiet, a little bit longer, and it's more of a natural feeling reflex deflex. Um, it's not super hybrid, but it's you know it's there. Right. And I, what happens with me, you know, going between those two bows is is difficult for me because. One of them, my arm tends to, with the way I shoot, I have a lot of cant, and I'm basically a snap shooter. So my arm goes, my, my back's always got good tension. My arm, but at, but it's all in the release. My arm, one of them, the arm goes down. The other one, the arm goes up, the, the bow arm, after the shot. So I'll throw high or I'll throw low. So if I'm going back between the two of them, it's hard for me to factor that flight in between the two plus one's really cut the center and the other one's not so the other one's not as forgiving right um so i was all over the place <laughs> and i finally settled back into phoenix and i'm probably gonna i'm gonna hunt with phoenix again this year but you know what i might do steve that i haven't done in a long time is i might hunt with wood arrows this year i don't know Nothing wrong with that i just got the urge man and uh i'm actually gonna pop those you made uh for a for a one of those um mla banquets you made a few Mm-hmm. hardwood arrows in a in a set and i and i bid on them and won them and yeah, they're was, heavy um, they're heavy uh leopard leopard wood leopard wood crested yellow and red beautiful yep. arrows and if they fly good if they fly good out of phoenix 
I might I might hunt those because I keep looking at them and I'm like, why are they on the wall? Those things should be hunted. I only got three, but well, hell, it's I all only, I made. I only need three. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but, I might. But, do, I got the wild bug to do that, and I don't know if it's if it's John Buchine that's rubbing off on me or Bub or or who, but you know, I just kind of feel like doing it. You know, I've shot aluminum for like two, three years now, and it was carbon before that, and now I'm kind of just like, eh, I just want to, I want to try a season with wood. And I think that's the, la- it. the the last five seasons I've killed I've killed animals with everything but fiberglass. So maybe one day I'll have to shoot a fiberglass arrow. That'd be really fun. I think you'd dig that actually. A fiberglass. Fiber I've actually arrow. got I've got some. I've got the uh, it's uh, the old micro flights, except the ones that I have are are uh, bear sold them under their name, and I think they're called Kodiaks. But I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of fiberglass arrows. I've just never I've never really tried to tune. It's so hard to find the inserts and so forth for them. I just haven't fooled with them much. I find it really funny that people really put their allegiance in one material or another when it comes to arrows. Some people are so hardcore about it, and uh, I've just never cared. I guess I'm just whatever I feel I like doing, whatever bow it likes. Yeah, I care more about the flight. I care more about the the pointy thing on the end of it than I do about the shaft material. But that's mm-hmm. just me. But. Well, we've been on bow talk here for a while. We have, hey, and I, I know I, you had. I know you had a subject you wanted to kind of talk about, so we need to kind of get into that. I guess there's nobody listening right now that does not enjoy bow talk. This sounds just like a campfire, so that's that's fine with me. But yeah, I do have one, Steve. And um, I was I was writing all through Barrington. I was writing, and I keep telling you, and I keep teasing you with it because I'm like, hey, I've been working on that. Uh, when you and I hunted on Cumberland with Brandon Grabbit, um. That was a calamity of a trip, and a lot a lot happened that was really bad at the time that we hated, and then afterwards it's been, I think we talk about that hunt more than any other hunt because of the all the hilarity that went into it. And it's hard to believe, it. and I said it before, like if we, if we tried to tell this to somebody, people are going to read this in my next book, and they're not going to believe it all happened. Um, and and, and, I, and I, the and bad I, part is I know there's parts of that, <laughs> that trip that you can't, and no nope. tail so I, i'm leaving off the uh, really i'm leaving off the the un, maybe someday i'll have an uncut after all the parties are not able to read anymore i, I <laughs> well you're i think you're the you're you're the youngest of the crew so maybe exactly. you'll outlive us and be able to tell some of those other stories but, uh, but but that that hunt was uh you know when i've been writing it and uh you know it's making me chuckle the whole time and i'm really enjoying it and uh i was thinking like when you guys pitched to me that, I didn't care about going to hunt pigs or deer. I just wanted to go to this island because you were telling me about all the history with uh, Nathaniel Green and Eli and the Cotton Gin and, you know, the with Carnegie's, the, the Carnegie's and, and George Washington's dad being buried there for a while. And, and no, 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 not George. Why it was. Oh, um, no, no, no. Um, um, Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee's father. Yeah. Light yes. Horse Harry Lee. Uh, yeah, that would have been on the island. But that's cool too. And uh, and then the uh what was it? The uh wasn't wasn't some of the timber in that used to build the warship, the USS uh oh, one of them. One of those yeah, one of those civil well, war the live, the, the live oaks. There's live oak. Most of the island is is live oaks. Um but yeah, it's I mean it's the uh, you know, we can sit here and talk history of that island for 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 yeah, hours. It, and that's my point. Yeah, it's it's like it seemed so cool. And I, I went on Wikipedia because I couldn't remember everything you told me about the island before I got there. And I started looking at it and I was like, man, I didn't really appreciate this as much at the time as I should have. But there's a lot more of that island. Hell, we only saw one part of it. I mean. Well, it's it's 17 miles long and four, four or four and a half miles wide at the widest point. Um, it's a barrier reef island or barrier mm-hmm. island um, off the coast of Georgia, right on the, the tip of the Florida Georgia line. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's some just some really cool things. The, the the island, for those that don't know, the island is famous for for wild horses, and and you're going to see wild horses, and they are about the nastiest looking things, and they they all they always show up at the most inopportune time. Yeah, they'll, these aren't these aren't they walk through camp. <laughs> yep, these aren't beautiful wild stallions, folks, that you see in the movies that have these beautiful coats. These are like nappy, mossy looking, nasty bad teeth yeah you don't pet them either no they'll they'll bite you (laughs) and and you see them walking through the woods and they look like dinosaurs i mean they're just but anyway that the 
but that got me thinking that was like that was a location hunt and i and i and i guess the topic for today is when is the place more important than the animal that you're hunting or is the place more than the animal that you're more important than the animal that you're hunting when you choose a hunt yeah um, most and, and i think you said this in your in your and i kind of chuckled when i saw it i think when you were messaging me back and forth we were talking about this you know you said maybe we call this this episode location 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 and the average person if they heard that thinking about a hunting situation you know they're going to think about well what specific tree or Mm -hmm. or, you know what kind of terrain or food source or what you know and that's not it at all it's it's more about you know locations that you've hunted and the I don't know what it, the, the mystique, why you wanted to do it, or maybe it's the animal, that kind of thing. I thought it was a really cool uh, take on the, the whole location thing. Yeah, that's the clickbait for all the real technical hunters to click in and then listen to us <laughs> rat, prattle on about. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not the case. <laughs> I could care less. <laughs> but um, it's. I thought it was a pretty cool topic because when you told me about that Cumberland Island hunt, I, I thought about that immediately. I'm like, you're telling me that there's this historic island with all this cool stuff going on in it, and I can go there and I can hunt pigs and I can hunt deer and I can see sea turtles and I can see all this other stuff. And I was like, I was sold immediately. And even though, for the most part, the hunting was god awful. Everything else was cool. If if it if it in fact if we had been there as tourists, that would have been a great trip. I mean, it was still a great trip, but it wasn't a great hunting trip. You know what I mean? Uh, well, and that, I will say, in defense of the island, the previous year, um, and then I'll let you. Uh, I'll go back to you, and then I'll tell you a little bit why I wanted to hunt it the first time because it's very similar the first time I hunted it. But um, the previous year that I hunted, we saw a lot of animals, but the as it was always the case, when Nick comes to hunt with you, it's going to rain. And this time he brought a hurricane with what him. A hurricane. Yeah, because we actually got to the island right on the tail of uh, Hurricane Joaquin. And, in fact, even the, like a, you know, the second day into the hunt, you and I walked across the island to the, the beach side of the island, and the surf was still really high, really discolored, just, you know, really rough, rough surf still from that hurricane. So... Yeah, and it rained the whole time. So yeah, yeah, we didn't see anything, but that's honestly that you didn't get a good experience of the island. We did see a lot more the previous year. That was when I almost poked that manowar that had washed up with my foot because I didn't know what it was, and you were like, yep. "Yeah, I wouldn't do that." No, <laughs> not, not not advisable. Not but advisable. It's worse it, than those sand spurs. Yeah. Oh well, those are pretty bad, and you know, but I. I would, I was easily sold. Like I, I didn't care if you would have told me, man, this thing has got bucks all over it, blah, 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 blah. That would probably have been a different story. And I'd have been like, Oh cool. I'll have a really good opportunity here, but that's not why I wanted to go there at all. I wanted to go there. You guys had gotten a deer before pig uh, or a pig before. Yeah. And I did want a pig. So there was that too, but I mainly just wanted to go to hang out and see this Island. I just, you know, hunting in an exotic place like that is so different from where I hunt in Michigan that I just really wanted to go. And uh, so you were going to talk about why you wanted to hunt there. So what was your reason? Well, the first time, the first time I heard about it um, was a lot of the same things. It was, you know, the, the history of the island. Um, but it was also, there were, and I, I'll be honest with you, you, you might remember them because I know I put it in that, that little uh, wall hanging thing that I, I made after that hunt. But Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, I got to looking up the names of the trails and, you know, there's, there's no, um, aside from the park rangers, you know, there's no, there's motorized, no motorized vehicles allowed on the island. Now the, the rangers can use some motorized vehicles, but they're only, um, they're only allowed to drive on the main road, uh, which basically goes right through the middle. So any of the other roads that are only, and there's, there's roads and trails all over this island you're not going to, it's all foot traffic. Um, so, you know, there was a, there was a, a lot of it. I wanted to actually go and hunt a place where I wasn't, and you don't, you don't hear planes, you don't hear boats, you don't hear cars. The only thing you can hear on that Island is if you're close enough, you can hear the waves. And as you saw, you know, depending on the way the wind's blowing, you can hear the waves crashing. Even, you know, if you're on the other side of the Island, um, on the river side, you can still hear the waves. So, you know, it was a lot of the history, but it was also a lot of that, you know, 
um, uh, hunting a uh, hunting a barrier island that's virtually you know untouched. Now, when I say that, obviously there's a lot of people that go and visit the island and so forth, but you know you you feel like you feel like at any point in time you're if you turn and make a, a left or a right and head off you know into the woods off one of these trails, you're walking where. You know, there's a chance nobody's ever walked in the in the footsteps you're walking in, or and if they have, it's been very few. So you know, some of that stuff really, really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. I might be able to hear the waves had it not been for the rain pounding the top of the tent, and for somebody snoring. I'm not going to name any names, but it rhymes with Brandon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right next to my face in the other tent. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you when you can hear those waves, even if you're two and a half miles from the beach. The hog that I shot the previous year, shot the hog, watched it run off, could see I had a good blood trail, and I honestly, when I climbed when I climbed down out of the tree, I thought I'm gonna walk right over there, and that hog's gonna be laying there, and I'm gonna pull it, bring it back, and I. I got down, I, I unhooked and I struck out and, you know, I, I followed the trail, which went just like I thought it did for ways, but then it, it got up into some palmettas and, and just some really low scrub brush. And it was, it was, I won't say it was running in circles, but it was weaving and turning. And, you know, I was trying to follow this and then I found, I found my pig and I I drug the pig over and got it in a place where I could get a picture and did all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden thought about, I have no idea which way I just came in here. And now I've drugged this pig around and I've walked over the blood trail and I can't remember which way to go. I mean, I, and then I reached in my pocket from my compass and my compass was still in my pack. And the only way I could figure, I just sat there and thought, okay, wait a minute. You know, if I wait just a minute, I should be able to hear the waves. And, and sure enough, within I don't know, a few minutes I heard the waves got my, my bearings and away I went. But, uh, yeah, if it gets really quiet and you listen really close, you can hear those. If you need to, especially, you can hear those waves. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I would go back. I, I would definitely go back. I think it would be really fun to, you know, not have a not have the t- – I mean, that's a pretty outstanding circumstance. You know, we go there and we have, we're on the – I mean, I think my – that was that when my plane was laid over in, yes, it was. Uh, in Tennessee? Yep, it yep. was. It was. It was just the the whole trip was a friggin' disaster. I mean, it was there was nothing <laughs> that went well about this whole trip. I mean, we're we're in camp with a uh, you know a, a, a couple of guys. One of them's got you know teardrop tattoos down his face, and I'll leave that as, as it is. People can figure that one out. And, you, and a Bowie knife on his hip, like two feet long. Uh, yeah, and you've got the, you you know, on the other side of the camp, you've got the 12 to 14 retired SWAT and police officers from Jacksonville that were, I mean, it was just, the whole thing was just, you know, the, the only part about that entire trip, in my opinion, that is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's kind of funny because like you talk about, that's the trip we always talk about, even though it mm. was the, it was the worst hunt ever. There was just so many things to laugh, especially after the fact. But the one thing that really went great that, you know, I don't think you could, you know, either one of us could probably ever replace was the, the uh, curator of, so on this, on this Island, there's, there's, um, Dungeness, which is on one end of the island, which again, I'm not going to go into the history, but you can look it up. And then there's the Plum Orchard Mansion, and we stayed in the Plum Orchard Campground. So you're looking at this fairly large mansion. I mean, it's it's a much bigger house than than anybody mm-hmm. I know. It's pretty owns. big. It's pretty um, big. And the because the the weather was so lousy, nobody was seeing game. The the park rangers actually worked out a deal with the the caretaker of that property, they gave us a, a, might as well call it a midnight tour. It was a late night tour. I think we ended up going up there about 10 o'clock and we probably spent mm-hmm. a couple of hours walking through. I mean, it was, and it was, yep. you know, 15 of us, 15, less than 20. And it was just a real, you know, we got to ask a lot of questions. We we learned a lot more about the history of that than I'm sure you would on a, on a scheduled tour. Um, but it anyway, that was, that was the one thing that was just really cool. And I never expected that to happen. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, in fact, that kind of rejuvenated us a little bit. 
Um, we at least well, had what rejuvenated me was watching the people that didn't know any better heading out across <laughs> that that one acre. I'm ruining your book, aren't I? I'm no, I haven't that. written. I haven't written that. I haven't written that scene yet, and it's still going to make people laugh when they read it. Because, so yeah. So if you're if you can picture this in your mind, I'll do the 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 Carl Sagan thing. Um, we head out across this. I don't know that that lawn on that mansion is probably five acres. It's big. It's huge. If you, if you call it a lawn. Yeah, and and everybody kind of just strikes out of camp, and you gotta you gotta picture there's tents all scattered across this campground. I mean, they're they're probably from one tent to the to the last tents, you know, several hundred yards, and and everybody strikes off heading to this this house out of, or this mansion out of their out of their camp area. So everybody's in, scattered across this lawn, and it's in it's, in Crocs and flip flops because Crocs, we had yeah, yeah Crocs boots and on all day with headlamps on. Yeah. Most of them had headlamps on. It's, it's pitch <laughs> yep. black dark, and you 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 get half you know you get about a third of the way across this thing, and you start hearing shrieks and sh- and screams, and headlamps are bouncing all over the place. And it shining it was me. like the raptors were attacking in Jurassic Park. Oh my god, it was hilarious! And I looked at Nick and I said, "Well, they found the sand spurs." <laughs> and if you don't know what a sand spur is. Look it up, and you'll be able to picture it. But but these people were getting the sand spurs in their in their feet, and then they would sit down to get it out of their feet, and they'd get it in their legs and their butt. And it was just <laughs> hilarious. I, I I me and Nick was laughing. Oh, we were laughing. Fifteen large men, the 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 SWAT guys sitting on the on the stairs of the mansion, pulling sand spurs out of their feet and legs. It was just, oh man. That that was something. I, I I never never in a million years you'd think that would happen. But that was definitely. It looked like a lawn from afar. But once you got into it, it was nothing. It was no lawn. I mean, it was it was pure sand spurs. Yeah, and you in the course of about five minutes, you heard more cursing than you'd hear in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. But yeah, we could go on and on about that all day. Um, but I think, and, and you know, again, that could be that could be a. Uh, a circumstance thing. Um, so where, so I guess let me ask you this, Steve, where, if you could, what's another instance of where on somewhere you've never been, would you go for the location just for the location, just because you want to be there and didn't care what you were going to hunt? Where, where would that be? Uh, where would it be now or where would it be of, of something I've done in the past? No, where, where would it be? Where would it be now? Like if you could just go anywhere, uh, you know that that that's kind of tough, and the reason I say it's tough is I've got some hunts that I still would like to do, but most of the hunts are the type of places I really have always dreamed of seeing and and hunting. I've kind of already done, um, and I'd love to go back to them. But I mean, I I can't, and I'll, and I'll explain that a little bit. You know, I I hear people, and for anybody that does this, hey, you know good for you. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it, it, it gets your blood flowing, but for me, I'm just not a, I don't dream of hunting exotic places or exotic areas. I mean, to me, a hunt like that on Cumberland Island or, and I'll talk mm-hmm. about a few other places, but that just appeals to me more. I've, I've never had a, a desire to, to hunt Africa. I've never, you know, Tom, bless his heart, you know, Tom's done Africa. He's done uh, Australia. I mean, it just, I'm not saying I'm not going to do that one day if I decide to, but it's just not something that really calls to me um, to do that. For me, uh, and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, from the time I was a kid, you know, 15, 16 years old, uh, I always wanted to hunt antelope. And, you know, I I did that back in 2016 and and really look forward to doing it again probably sometime soon, but... You know, being out and and going out west and for, you know, somebody that grew up in the east and has spent, you know, most of their life in the east to go out there and see the Rockies, not just from a, you know, because I've, I've, I've traveled out to Seattle for work. I've traveled, you know, out west a couple of times for work and you, you get to see the, you get to see the mountains, but it's, it's almost like it's um, in those situations, it's, it's, it seems unobtainable. You know, it's just like a backdrop, mm-hmm. but to, but to to go out there the first time and actually be there, which is one of the reasons, you know, Tom and I did that hunt the way we did where we, 
you know, we were hunting in the prairies out between, you know, Casper and, and Glenrock. And then we, uh, you know, we only hunted for a few days. And after that, we spent a couple of days just riding through the, the Rockies. We'd stop and trout fish or, you know, whatever. Just we were picking we were picking forest service roads that we had no business on, um, you know, driving just to just to take it all in. And, you know, I, I've kind of done that now. And, you know, I, I again, I want to do it again. I've actually been out to Wyoming once since then and absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to go back and do that again. Um, another one for me was hunting the UP the first time. Uh, you know, mm. I, <clears throat> I don't, I didn't really know what to expect by hunting or by the UP, but it lived up to all my expectations. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was, I really had a good time out there and it was, you know, I had part of that was cause I was with, you know, people that I knew friends and, uh, I got to experience that the first time with some friends, but yeah, I, I wished I had a better answer for you, but I, I just, I really don't, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to hunt Canada's uh, maybe next year. It sounds like the border's opening up for that. So I might get to do that for, mm-hmm. for black bear next year. I'm looking forward to that hunt, but um, again, it's not one of those things that I've just had a, a deep desire to go do it, it. The opportunity presented itself and I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, most of the, most of the things I guess I would be, you know, wild or bright eyed about, you know, I've kind of done those things. So mm-hmm. I want to do them again, but the, you know, it's kind of like that once you, once you've experienced it the first time, it's kind of hard to repeat that feeling again. Gotcha. I'm in a little bit different place there. Um, I think I, I know you, there's another point here and and I'll ask you that in another question after I go that I, there's another element to this. Um, but I think for me, and I've never really been, I'm a homebody, you know, I'm usually pretty content. I, I, I don't really have, I don't have any urges to go, you know, hunt in Africa or anything like that. And, you know, a lot of people will say Alaska and yeah, yeah, that, you know, that, that speaks to me, but will I ever do it? Probably not. Um, there's a lot of other places that come up that are usually like the big three or whatever for bow hunters. Um, but honestly, for me, and I think it started when I got into fly fishing, I really want to go on a fishing trip to Montana. Um, I just really want to see it. Like the, the Clark Fork River, Big Hole River, Gelatin River, Missouri River. I mean, there's all kinds of places I'd love to. I'd love to just go all around Montana and fish. Um, I think that would just, just the country, you know, I'll sit there and look at pictures online and just to be there i think would be amazing and fishing would be just awesome i don't really have a desire to hunt there but i would hunt there um anything to just kind of be out there but that is something i'm definitely going to do someday that that's that's my spot and that's probably my one spot that i would i would go and really want to do like on my bucket list um to follow to follow up with the other part of this conversation, there's there's another element to this that I was trying to get at when I when I thought about this topic, and that's and that's places you want to go because they mean something to you. And since you've probably you mentioned being there already, several places that you'd like to go back to, and I can think of several myself. What are some of the places that you want to hunt just because they 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 mean something to you that you want to go back and you don't really care about? You know, whether you get anything or not. You got anything like that? Well, yes. Um, and I'm not sure. I think, you know, this kind of thing may be different for other people. And and I want to preface this with not not disputing what you just said, but I want to preface this because people that know me will, will say I'm, I'm, a, I'm crawfishing and I'm a liar. But when it doesn't matter where I go, especially if it's whitetails, if I'm if if I'm in a place to hunt, if if it's if it's legal to do so, I'm gonna be hunting and I've got pretty much blinders on and that's all I'm I'm thinking about. And anybody that's anybody that's hunted with me knows that about me. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom especially because he's giving me a hard time about it from time to time. But but after you know once the once the day is over, it's the you know it's the sitting in camp. It's the hearing the stories from throughout the day. It's the 
you know, the pranking the John Buchines and those kind of things that, <laughs> Prank, yeah. that the, it's the Yankee boot wash, you know, those are the uh-huh. kind of things that mean everything to me. So when I think about that, and I, you know, I don't have any to I could probably give you a couple off the top of my head. I can't wait to come back up there and hunt in Michigan with you guys. Um, now, every time I've, every time I've hunted Michigan, I've had opportunities. I've had, I've had some opportunities close calls. I won't say opportunities. I've had some close calls, one with a really nice buck that I can to this day close my eyes and still see him walking through the woods and saying, just give me one more step. And he didn't. Um, you know, the last time I, I shot a buck. So, you know, I, I see deer. I have opportunities, but it's less about that for me than it is about getting to come up there and hunt with you guys because of, you know, the experiences that we always seem to share. Like I said, the, you mm-hmm. know, the 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 little pranks that that take place and the you know the little side stories and the jokes now that said the next time i hunt up there it's going to be for longer than a weekend i'm planning on coming up and you know i may i may crash with with tom for a couple of days and then i'm gonna head out there and i'm gonna hunt and and then i'll be there for the for when you guys come in for the last you know two or three days and spend it with you guys but um the next time I come up there, I'm I'm really going to hunt. I love I love the area. I love you know the the terrain. Um, and like I said, I've 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 always been you know successful in in seeing deer up there. So uh, I feel confident about that. As far as other places, if I started naming them off, and that's you know that's one of the beauties about you know the podcast and the you know the simply traditional and you know I used to make the errors and make. You know, I still make a lot of bowstrings, those kind of things is the people that I've gotten to know mm-hmm. and they're all over the country. And again, without getting into names, a lot of those folks have said, you know, if you ever want to come out here and do this, Pat Kelly, I would give anything and, and, and eventually that will happen. Pat just moved. So he's getting settled in in a new place, but I will go out and hunt with Pat Kelly one day fairly soon. So Pat, if you're listening to this, you know, I'm coming, I'm heading that way. Just got to figure out the 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 time and the scheduling um but it's people like that mark troy is another one now he's living down in florida now but i'm pretty sure i could coax him into going back out to 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 colorado and 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 hunting some you know near where his home turf is uh you know texas i i would love to go down and hunt texas whitetails and and javelina I, i would love to hunt javelina in texas but if for me to do it, I'm gonna to have to have a connection to it. Maybe it's maybe it's Tom and I. We just up and schedule and plan a hunt, or maybe it's me and you in a few years, whatever that may be. But it's, um, and it, there's some other things that that I'm I'm gonna shy away from right now, Nick. And you know, after we finish recording, I'll talk to you for a few minutes and kind of tell you some things that I've been thinking. But sure, my situation right now, it just is what it is, and some of this. You know, I think about some of these things that I'd like to do, and two things happen. One, I feel guilty for thinking about them right now because, um, you know, it's it's. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I mean, my wife's in a, a fight for her life, and it's just hard for me when I when I start thinking about some of those things, which I'm gonna do. I'm a I daydream, and when I daydream, it's usually related to the outdoors. You know, I, I must admit, I get a little frustrated with myself, and I have to shove that back down because it's just not something that's going to happen right now, and. And, you know, if, if I could do it, if I could do it right now, I would love for her to, her to be able to get healthy enough to go with me. So mm-hmm. even though she's not an outdoors person, but I, you know, at this point, I think anything we could do together, we would do together if we get the opportunity. So anyway, sorry to go off a tangent there, but there's definitely things that I think about. You're talking about the fishing and, and we'll talk about a little bit of that, like I said, after the, after the recording, we'll bring them up again, you know, in a, in a year or two when, when things are are, are looking brighter here, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, for me, it's, it's going forward. It's going to, I think it's going to have to be as much or more about the companion, the, you know, the hunting camp, the companionship than it will be about the hunt. But that's it. I'm going to, you know, if I get a chance to hunt, I'm going to be hunting too, but I'm just not going to mm-hmm. pick a spot Maybe this is the way I explain this. I'm not going to pick a spot because I can go out and kill a 130, 140, 150 class buck. That's just not me. I'm going to pick it because it's going to give me, you know, the memories. And for me, the memories of the things that happen like, you know, sand spurs and, and finding, you know, um, 
finding sea turtle nests that have been dug up by by hogs on the beach and you know those kind of things those those are the things that are going to stick with me longer and if and it's funny we bring this this hunt on Cumberland Island up so many times and if nothing else can teach you that lesson that hunt should teach people or at least should teach you and I that lesson because the hunting was horrible but looking back <laughs> on it even though there was some there was some pretty crappy moments we look back on it and I don't think either one of us look back on it without with anything but fondness at this point because we remember I think I remember more about that hunt than pretty much any hunt you and I have been on. Yep. I th- I think the only one that's close to that is Okmulgee. And it sucked. Yep. Okmulgee sucked pretty good too, but it was yeah, it, it sucked was, pretty good. <laughs> but you know we did, we we weren't freezing. there long enough for it to suck really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was what day and a half. <laughs> I brought all the cold with me. You had, yeah. That was that was the Georgia that was the Georgia cold snap. Uh, we got down there. And we're like, what? Yeah, that was when the. <laughs> The two tough guys from Michigan was going to show up in shorts and and Crocs, and yeah, that went to hell quick. Oh yeah, that was a that was a whole different kind of bad. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know, I'd hunt that again though. I, I that was just a fluke. I, I definitely go back down there. You need um, to plan on coming down when we do the the because um, now that we're doing the the camp ambush, you know, here in Georgia yes. on public land, it's it's. In fact, we could hunt Okmulgee on that hunt if you wanted to, but we're we're typically hunting a bit further south than that. Um, but lot lots of pigs, and and you're you know you run the chance of being able to run into Mister R. C. Carter, so uh, oh, that'd, Robert that'd Carter, be, that'd be a trip. I, that's yeah. something I want to do too. Actually, that's that's probably one of my uh, that's probably one of my answers right there because I'm totally there with you. I've always been an experienced guy and a people guy, and. and and I would love to get a chance to hunt. Sorry to cut you off. I will tell oh, you yeah. right now, Robert Card and Chris Spikes, I in a heartbeat. If I got a chance to hunt with those guys, and you know they have a hunt every fall down at Horse Creek, WMA, and historically it's always just a bad time. It's you know it's my wife's birthdays at the end of the month, Bella's birthdays, you know, in early November, and it just it's just birthdays are kind of big to my wife. So mm-hmm. um, you know you you. Happy wife, happy life. I'll leave it at that. Yep, same I get, here. She, I ain't missing no birthdays. <laughs> right. She, you know, I get to hunt. I get to hunt a lot, and and for the most part, she doesn't. She doesn't complain or, or or give me a hard time about any of it. So if you know, if she wants me home for birthdays, I'm gonna be home for birthdays. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd even like to. You know, I keep thinking about all these. I mean, I I'm pretty. I think where I I was going with that is I I'm pretty attached to all the spots I've hunted with you and Tom. And without success, zero success. Like like you, I've I've seen deer. Um, Murderless Creek weekend was probably the last. That was probably the best of the bunch when we were on that hot public land hunting down there. And I'd love to have another crack at that piece of public land where I got my major reward arrow in the tree. I think. Well, I was getting be... ready to say you we you've definitely had opportunities. I've um, had opportunities. I think maybe I'd capitalize on them now. But who knows? I am a yeah. klutz. But uh, <laughs> about got charged by a boar where we didn't even that think was there were, nuts. Where we didn't even think pigs existed. Uh, I, I was I was nosed I was I was nose to nose with that character. I was down on my I was down on the knee when that thing came screaming in there. Uh, that's the story. For, you know, I'm Boo Boo about climbed up in your lap. Oh man! I mean, How you, did I forget you, about? Yeah, you've had. I mean, there's been opportunities. I mean, you, you know, there's there's that. There's there's you know, Tom's had a Tom's had a couple of. I don't know that Tom's ever. I think you're the only. I've shot. You've shot. I don't think Tom's ever shot on one of our hunts in Georgia. He shot at something remember. in Georgia, but it wasn't. No, no, no. Deer. I'm ta- no, no. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking about the. <laughs> The, the the deer hunts. I mean, I, yeah, he's oh, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as deer hunts, I don't think, I'm trying to remember if any of the hunts that we did, the blue and the gray hunts that we used to call them, I don't, I don't think he's dropped a string. He's dropped his bow. <laughs> he's, he's dropped his bow. He's, he's done plenty with his bows. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's dropped a string. I, I'm going to have to ask him that next time, cause I, but I don't think so. Almost dropped himself out of a stand once. <laughs> Yeah, he <laughs> no, that, complained no, that something was, about me putting a stand in a 
tiny tree. I don't know what he was I, talking about. I wish I could remember. Uh, what we're talking about is Steve had lashed two trees together to make a. Uh, was that what it was? And make a yeah. to, to hang a stand from it, and it was. Uh, we had a do little bit of wind. We had a little bit of wind, and and first he couldn't get to it. He couldn't find it, and then well, when he. Uh, well, Tom swore. <laughs> Tom swore if he stood up on the platform and leaned forward, the tree would bend down. He just step off onto the ground. <laughs> it was about. It was about eighteen foot up in the air. So. <laughs> yeah he's not lying uh i mean it was it was pretty wild um but yeah that whole thing that was i always did like to hunt that little piece there that you've taken me to that's always been a really fun wma to hunt um and since that was the first time i'd hunted out of state i think i'd really enjoy going back at some point though i vowed that we wouldn't deer hunt again no George. you're you're getting them mixed up that was his second hunt the first hunt we didn't hunt that oh the first, the first hunt, the, the the chigger infestation was because remember that was um, you guys came down right after the season opened and we pretty much decided we had we had definitely made a mistake there because it was like 108 degrees in the shade. That was the uh, that was the logging road, the infamous that logging road. That was on road. Dawson Forest, yes. Yep, Dawson Forest, and then uh, not only the logging road, but um, that was where all the I was. That was the first time I'd ever seen like red clay. That's where I had so to show I, you how to string your bow. Well, yeah, that one too. You also tossed that bow into the into the gravel, and there's two or three spots on that bow where I can tell you that came from you dropping it in the gravel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't believe you. But yeah, man, I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that's pretty much, that's pretty much covers it. I would say I, I you know, it's been a really good conversation, um, but yeah, I'd really like to revisit. You know, you know, there's the whole, uh, there's the whole emotional element of it. There's a place where, I mean, I, you know, like even at, even like my, my dad's old, uh, my grandpa's old hunting camp, um, where I, that was my first bow hunt I'd ever bow hunted with my dad. And I haven't bow hunted with my dad in a long time. Um, but I never got anything down there either. And I'd love to go down there and just because of all the nostalgia and everything. And I'm so there's the pattern, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my maybe my desire is to go back to all the places of my of my nostalgia in hunting and actually get something yeah i'm not <laughs> sure i it's you definitely have an aura about you um you know the so it's funny uh if we go back and think and and here's the thing i mean i would love to say i'm i'm putting nick in crappy stands in crappy locations but I'm trying to think. So the last time you hunted with me, the week after you went back home, I shot that. Uh, actually, no. Yes. Yeah, so the week after you went back home, I shot that um, that nice eight point down in middle Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then a week after, two weeks after that is when I shot that, uh, that little five or six point out of that um, treetop that was laying 30 yards from the tree you hunted the whole the, the day and a half that you were down there um so i mean and i was trying to think i've 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 definitely well, taken deer off of mcgraw ford right after i, you I was went. i was warming them up i was warming uh, them up for you except the does man you send the does into the next oh, county does hate me man those does hate hate me um but it's all been a, it's all been, a, and the thing is, is, well, it, some of it was, some of it's been bad timing, but other times it's just been, I think, you know, part of it though, is that I don't think I've ever spent enough time hunting down there. You like, haven't, I mean, you, no, every, we, yeah, it's been three days. It's you know, if that, if that, I mean, cause one day is a travel day. So what are you going to do in two days? I mean, I'm basically asking you to pick a window and say, all right, well, let's hope everything happens right in this window, well, which next, in hunting never happens. And the next time you come, you're just going to have to dedicate a week. Yep, you just, I agree. You're just going to have to dedicate a week, and we're going to have to do it, you know, there's a certain window in November that I'd like for you to try to try to come down here. Um, one, because it's it's the weather's a lot better than, you know, some of the times that you've been, and it's just uh, there's more activity. Um, Mm -hmm. but you, I think I definitely agree with you and it's, it's not, it's not even just that it's, it's, you know, just like the first time that you were here, I still believe there were, you saw deer, you just, you were looking for deer. You weren't looking Hmm. for an ear flick or, 
Uh, I mean, because it, it's so it's so thick, especially in those early months. It's it's tough. It's it's tough to pick them out if you're if you're in the areas where where the deer are going to be. Um, well, just like on McGraw Ford, I told you that morning that you needed to keep an eye open because they'd be in front of you before you knew it, and you know that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, those those does were on top of you before you ever got a chance to, and you couldn't see them coming. No, uh, but heard it coming. But anyway, but yeah, but yeah I, I, I totally agree. I, I agree too. I think, and, and you know, it's a better time when you can kind of pace yourself a little bit too. Like if you're, if you roll in and with a two day hunt, you're like the whole time thinking, man, I only got two days. Right. And then, you know, and you got to, you got to hunt it real hard. There's no time to visit. There's like, you know, you're, you're just kind of doing it. But if you're there for a week, you know, I don't know how many times I've come into camp when I could come into camp, even our Michigan camp. And I show up with like a couple days left and the guys have been there for three days, four days. So they're, they're actually tailing their hunt down. Right. And I've showed up and I'm heating the hunt up. So they're just about, they're done, but they, they're nice and relaxed and having fun and hitting the meals and everything. And I'm like, I want to go hunt, you know, um, yep. that happened a couple of times. And so the last couple of years have been, you know, no, I'm going to give it from Wednesday on or whatever, because right. that's just a better experience. But, but we've been all over the place, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> from 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 Georgia to Michigan and Michigan to to Wyoming and Montana, yeah, we we've covered some ground, Texas, but yeah, we we you know there's there's um there's definitely some 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 hunts I want to do, some fishing I want to do, um and and look, I mean, I, you know, here's the deal, right now, um there's there's only a handful of people that that I really want to try to plan you know, something like that with. Now there's definitely some other people like I said, Pat Kelly and so forth. I'd love to I'd love to reach out and, and go hunting with them and share a camp. But as far as, you know, uh planning something like a you know, another Wyoming trip or or, you know, hitting a Montana stream, that kind of thing, you know, it's 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 people like you and, and Tom and Gene. I've already told Mr. Gene Bramlett that uh, sometime soon, he and I are going. We're going to have some adventures, probably in the in the back countries of of Georgia. And we do have back country in Georgia for people that don't know no better. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm sure Brandon and I are going. We're going to have some other adventures. Most of those will probably be here in the in the state. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to every one of them that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I, I'm looking. I want to hunt it with Loftus again too. I haven't. I haven't seen Brandon in a long time. Uh, that that'd be nice. I will. But, I will definitely pass that along. I'll probably see him this uh, next weekend, most likely. I'm gonna try to get yes, him to come. Please to the, do. To shoot. I will. I, I I've quoted him a couple times in the story already, and I I don't know if he'll like it or not. Well, <laughs> and once you once you get it once you get it in 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 hard copy, let me know because I'm definitely buying a copy for me and for one for Brandon. Yep. Awesome. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. Everyone, hope you've kind of uh, hope you've enjoyed our ramblings here. Hope it was some some entertainment, some good content. And we will be back in a couple of weeks or so to bring you something else. Don't know what it'll be, but we'll do our best to make it entertaining and enjoyable. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.